In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, on this feast of the Holy Family, the insights of St. Bernard of Clairvaux permit us to understand how each member of this family, this mirror of the Holy Trinity on earth, show us the way on earth to persevere to our heaven. First of all, our Lord. Christ was born in a stable, and his first bed was a manger. Yet he is the same that said, The earth is mine, and the fullness thereof. He is the very creator of the universe and everything in it. So why, might we ask, did he choose a stable for his birth? Well, that he might rebuke the glory of the world and condemn its empty pride. Again, the infant Jesus, he is silent. He does not extol himself. He does not proclaim his own power and greatness. But an angel announces his birth. A multitude of the heavenly choirs of angels and saints praise and glorify the newborn king. We who would follow Christ must imitate his example. We must not, without reason, draw attention to the gifts and graces we have received. We must rather love to be unknown. Let the mouths of others praise us if they will and criticize us. But let us keep our own lips closed. When Christ was born, his tongue had not yet spoken, and yet everywhere he was proclaimed, preached, made known. His tiny limbs would, be, would not be silent either. They had another kind of language. In all of them, the judgment of this fallen world is reproved, subverted, and proven worthless. For what man, with intelligence being free to choose, would not prefer a full-grown, robust body rather than that of an infant? But the divine wisdom is manifested by this pre preference for what was little and hidden and abject. This is what was long ago, long ago prophesied by Isaiah in these words, The pleasures of the body are the evil which he refuses, Affliction is the good he selects. He is the eternal word of God, for the word was made flesh, infirm flesh, tender, feeble, and helpless flesh of an infant, incapable of, on its own nature of any good work, and feeling a repugnance to labor and hardships. Truly, the word was made flesh, our flesh, and dwelt amongst us. Moving on to St. Joseph, considering his place in the plan of St. Joseph, we see that it was necessary that Mary be espoused to him in order that what was holy might be concealed from what was unholy, that the virginity of Mary might be proved to her spouse, and that the virgin might be preserved from suspicion and her reputation protected. What could be more wise? What could be more worthy of divine providence? What are we to think of the dignity of St. Joseph, who deserved to be called and to be regarded as the father of our Savior? We may draw a parallel between him and the great patriarch of the Old Testament. As the first Joseph was by the envy of his brothers sold and sent into Egypt, the second Joseph fled into Egypt with Christ to escape the envy of Herod. The chaste patriarch of the Old Testament remained faithful to his master, despite the evil suggestions of his mistress. 
And our Saint Joseph, recognizing in his wife the virgin mother of his Lord, guarded her with the utmost fidelity and chastity. To the Joseph of old was given interpretation of dreams. To the new Joseph, a share in the heavenly secrets. The Joseph of old kept a store of corn, not for himself, but for the whole nation. Our Joseph received the living bread from heaven, that he might preserve it for his own salvation and that of the world. A good and faithful servant was Joseph, to whom Mary, the mother of the Savior, was espoused. A faithful and prudent servant, whom our Lord chose for the comfort of his mother and the nurse of his own childhood as well as the only and most trustworthy cooperator in the divine plan. To Joseph it was given to behold him whom many kings and prophets had desired to see and had not seen, to hear and had not heard. And not only was he allowed to behold him and listen to his words, but he bore Jesus in his arms. He guided his steps. He embraced and caressed him. He fed and protected him. Therefore, let Mary and Joseph and the infant be always found in us, that we may live soberly and justly and piously in the world. For it is for this purpose that the grace of God our Savior has appeared instructing us. And when we turn to the consideration of the role of Our Lady in mankind's redemption, We praise in her that which places her above all others. This combination, the fruitfulness of offspring together with virginity. For never has it been known in this world that anyone was at the same time mother and virgin. In examining the great mystery of the divine maternity, we must ask ourselves, who was subject to whom? A God to men. God, to whom the angels are subject, whom principalities and powers obey, made himself subject to Mary, and not to Mary alone, but to Joseph also, because of Mary. That God should obey a woman is an incomparable act of humility, and that a woman should have rule over God is a dignity without equal. As often as we desire to be considered foremost among men, just as often do we seek to take precedence over God, and we do not truly savor the things that are of God. Again, the sacred scriptures affirm of Christ that he was subject to Mary and Joseph. If we disdain to follow the example of this man, the God-man, at least let us imitate God, our maker, If perhaps we cannot follow him wherever he goes, at least let us follow him insofar as he has lowered himself to come down to us. If God has not called us to follow him in the sublime state of virginity in a religious vocation, then at least let us follow God by the most sure way of humility. For he that is humble, even though he be stained by perhaps many other sins, The humble man follows the Lamb of God. The sinner who follows after him in humility has chosen a more wholesome part than the one who is proud of his virtue. Since the humble repentance of the one washes away all uncleanness, 
but the pride of the other contaminates even the best of his virtue. Truly blessed was Mary who possessed both humility and virginity, and truly wondrous is the virginity whose fruitfulness was not stained but adorned her. And truly singular was the humility which this fruitful virginity has not troubled but rather exalted. And entirely incomparable is the fruitfulness which goes hand in hand with her humility and her virginity. Let us then venerate always and with tender devotion this holy family of Nazareth, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, each member held fast to their place, in the family, they did what was expected of them and what was proper to their role. They did not rebel against the duties imposed on them by their state in life, as we have done, but they embraced and saw in them God's holy will, despite the sacrifices this entailed for each of them. This must be our path as well. It is the only way we will have true peace. The only way for us to persevere to our heavenly homeland, the dwelling of the family of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen.